I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894, 305-384-6894, straight to your phone, free, everyday, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. Showing your talent signs you up for a job because now everybody's going to expect you to be that good every day. Stayallday.com. Stay exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has it relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach, too. Hey, you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game. DreOlday.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. For all listeners of the show, I got to make sure you understand what the next step is and what the next level is in working with me and this work on your game universe that I've built. This podcast is not the last step. This is only the first step. The next step for you is to join me in my Bulletproof Mastermind and then my third day mastermind at workonyourgameuniversity.com. Let me tell you specifically what we work on. And those are both my group and my individual masterminds. First of all, we got to work on mindset. The biggest challenge that many people have, many of you who are listening right now, that is holding you back from the success and the outcomes that you want is not your tactics, is not the strategies you're using, is not a certain app or a certain process or any of that stuff that you think is the problem. The biggest challenge is your mindset because your mindset is what keeps you from seeing what you need to see and thusly doing what you need to do. And that's why you're not being who you need to be. So the biggest thing we work on in all of my mastermind programs, whether you're working in my group mastermind or my one-on-one is we got to work on your mindset and your mentality and your approach. Once we get that down as the foundation on top of that, then we're going to build the strategies. Strategies are what exactly do I do? How exactly do I do it? Then there's the accountability, not only the accountability for you and making sure you're getting things done, but also the accountability of the process, making sure that the process is an accurate formula that is actually getting you to the outcomes that you want so that we can measure the results and how far you're getting or how far away you are. Then there's the execution and making sure that you're doing the same things the same way every time, following the disciplines and following the processes. You can join my masterminds and start working with me directly. This is the very next step. If you're listening to this show and you're ready to go to the next level, the next step is to go to workonyourgameuniversity.com. You can join my group, Bulletproof Mastermind, or you can sign up for a call by clicking the link that says one-on-one coaching and sign up for a call with me and we can talk about working one-on-one in my third day mastermind. That again is at workonyourgameuniversity.com to work with me directly. That is the next step here. Mindset, strategy, accountability, execution, workonyourgameuniversity.com. My next Work On Your Game live event will be taking place May 5th and 6th, 2022. And this is going to be a virtual event, Thursday and Friday, full day events. And this is specifically for the thought leaders, personal brand builders, and entrepreneurs who want to build your brand, build your business, and you want to finally go full-time in your business to where you're at least making enough money to cover your expenses and pay your bills so that you can quit your job and do your thing, your entrepreneurial thing, 
full time. So this is specifically for those of you who are writing books, selling coaching, selling any type of training, you're selling courses, you're doing workshops, you're doing speaking gigs, live seminars, podcasting, and you want to start making a full time income from that thing so you can stop doing all the other things and just do your thing full time and you know the clock is ticking on you. This next Work On Your Game Live is the event for you. So I want you to go to workonyourgame.live. Notice that link, workonyourgame.live. And there you can see the details. This is going to be a two-day event. We're on day one. We're going to cover mindset and strategy. As you all know, the foundation of everything I do, we got to start with the mindset and the strategy so that you know you're working off of accurate formulas that actually work. What are you doing in entrepreneurship? What business are you actually in? What are your frameworks in place? Who are you trying to sell to? Who is your target client? What exactly are you giving them? We're going to cover all of that on day one in addition to more things. And on day two is application and execution. We're going to talk about putting together your offers. When you're putting yourself out there to the world, how do you put it out in such a way that gets people actually excited about buying what you're selling? How being prolific and putting your name and your brand and your mind and your ideas out there to the world is one of the biggest things you can do to make sure you're consistently generating new leads. In other words, new people who are knowing about what you're offering and excited about getting it. How to name your price. Any of you who's having challenges with pricing and money and getting money out of people, I know exactly why you're having those challenges and we will solve them on day two of working your game live. We're going to talk about the human capital you have in place, meaning the tools and skills, the intangibles that you have in place, what you need to develop and what you need to go get from someone else. We're going to talk codifying your knowledge. How do you take the knowledge that is in your head, get it on paper, so to speak, so that you can actually transfer it and sell it to other people in a systemic way? We're going to talk about how you're making money because money is one of the biggest challenges for entrepreneurs here. And that's really one of the main outcomes that we want to get here is that you're making the kind of money that you want to make. You no longer have challenges with selling your products and you're no longer holding yourself back with your own negative money mindsets. All of that's going to be covered on day two, which is application and execution. So what I want you to do right now is go to workonyourgame.live. That's workonyourgame.live, L-I-V-E. Get your ticket for this two-day virtual event. That's a Thursday and a Friday. If you can't make it either day, we will have a replay available for everyone who has a ticket. That is going to be May 5th and 6th. I'm covering two full days, mindset and strategy on day one, application and execution on day two. This is specifically for the thought leaders, the brand builders, the coaches, the speakers, the book writers, the seminar deliverers, the speakers, all of you out there who want to make a full-time living from your intellectual property. That is the knowledge that is in your head. You want to turn into products and services that people can pay you for, and you want to do it full-time, but you're not quite there yet. I'm going to help you get there. I know the formulas. I know the systems. I have the process. You join me at workonyourgame.live. I will see you in May, and let's get to getting this money. Workonyourgame.live. You are now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you're expecting to achieve is yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get a huge dose of personal initiative. That is the go-getter energy that moves all of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. And then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella of one unifying philosophy that is called Work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is why you self-sabotage. Why are you doing things to purposely hurt your chances of success? Maybe you're doing them subconsciously, but you're doing them. Why does this happen and what can we do about it? Those are the two questions we're going to answer here today. Before we get into that, let me tell everyone I have a daily motivation text message that I send out every single day and I want you to receive it. Here's the only thing you have to do to start getting it 
is to text me at my number, which is 305-384-6894. All you got to do is hit me at that number and every day you'll be getting that text. Guaranteed to keep you focused, sharp and on point straight to your phone every single day. Again, at number 305-384-6894. Now, this topic, why you self-sabotage? This is something that I have people often tell me. Some people are self-aware enough to point out that they self-sabotage and say, I'm doing things to sabotage myself. I don't know why I'm doing them. I know I need to fix it. But often I have people who will kind of talk around this point. They might not even recognize it as self-sabotage, but that is exactly what they're doing. They are on their path towards success. Maybe they even know what to do or at least have a good idea of what to do to create their success. But then they go and do something that actually goes against the very strategy that would help them get to where they want to get to. They know that they wake up every day and work out. They're going to lose weight, but then they just don't wake up and work out. And they know if they stay away from the cake and the chips and the junk food, they will get in better shape. But then they go eat cake and chips and junk food or they know that they stay consistent on doing their work, that they will produce more results at their job. But then they get inconsistent with doing their work, knowing that that's exactly what they're doing in the very moment that is happening. Now, all of us have probably done this at different times, but some people do it more chronically than others. So the definition of self-sabotaging is to deliberately destroy, damage, or obstruct. So if you find yourself deliberately doing things to hurt your own progress, we're going to understand today why you're doing it, where it comes from, and again, how we could possibly fix it. So let's get into this. Point number one. The topic, once again, is why you self-sabotage. Number one, your words and your beliefs are in conflict. One of the main things that cause self-sabotage is that we are telling ourselves one thing and we are wanting to actually do a different thing. So there's a real conflict between what we're saying to the world and even to ourselves and what we actually believe. The interconnectedness of the world that we live in these days, the fact that you know, we can all see what everybody else is doing, or at least what they want us to believe they're doing, and we could be in everybody else's business and have everybody in ours, it actually creates more self-sabotage because we are all putting ourselves out there and we often will put out a message that is in conflict with our actual beliefs because we put out messages that are expedient for getting other people to know us, like us, trust us, believe in us, look up to us, listen to us be interested in us, be envious of us. So often we put things out there that may not be 100% accurate about ourselves or true to ourselves simply because we know maybe it'll get certain people's attention. And people do this all the time. And this is one of the main things that social media is used for. So my question to you is, what do you really want versus what you are telling the world and even yourself that you want? What do you really want? And then what are you telling the world that you want? Now, are they in conflict? Now, the only person who can answer this question is you. What you really want in your life, who you really are as a person versus what you tell the world you want and what you show the world you are as a person. Are they in conflict or are these messages congruent? Again, no one else can answer this but you. If you are telling the world that you want one thing or that you are one thing and then you're taking action on those words, but your beliefs do not agree with those words and actions, your beliefs do not agree with this image that you're portraying, then what happens is you'll take two steps forward and then take two more steps backward. This is the self-sabotage. You're going in that direction, but then you do things to pull yourself back simply because your beliefs and your words are in conflict. This is why the beliefs are winning for a second, then the conflict is winning for a second. Kind of like a boxing match. Two boxers is hitting each other. All right, you get hit in the face, then they hit you, then you hit them in the face. They hit you with a left hook, you hit them with a right hook. Y'all just going back and forth. Then what happens is when this is occurring, a year or five go by, 
you're still in the same spot because you keep moving forward a little bit and then backward a little bit. And you're frustrated by your lack of progress. And you might not even notice that this is what's happening. But internally, if you really think about it, if you turn off the device, you turn off the phone, you turn off the computer, you turn off the TV, and you really just take some time to just think about yourself and who you are, what you're doing, and how you're showing up in the world, you would realize that you're pushing yourself in a direction that you don't want to go in, which is the very root of your self-sabotage. And if you catch yourself doing this, you got to get this fixed ASAP. So the question for this challenge is the following. What of your true beliefs, what part of your true beliefs are causing them to be in conflict with your words and actions, if this is indeed happening? If you feel like the things that you are telling the world and showing the world are in conflict with who you really are, what you really are, and what you really want, you need to get clear on what those conflicts are and why those conflicts exist and who wins. Because if there's a conflict internally and your words and your beliefs are, in, are fighting each other, somebody has to win. You need to declare a winner in that fight so that you can clear the coast and actually go, to direct, go in the direction that you actually want to go to. Who or what are you hiding from? What are you embarrassed about? What do you want to hide from yourself or hide from others? This is often, the answers to these questions are often the source of what leads to this self-sabotage because there are things about us that we want to express to the world. You badly want to express your subconscious is trying to push them out there, but your conscious mind is trying its best to kind of stop you from doing it. It's kind of like, well, you know, you got to go to the bathroom, but you're trying to hold it in. All right. That's pretty much what it is. And I have heard, well, first of all, I know that as a young youth, I'm talking like before you turn six years old, it might be hard to hold it in. No, the longer you got to hold it because your bladder is not strong enough yet. And I have heard, though I don't know from personal experience, and hopefully I don't ever know from too much personal experience that when you get older, let's just say in the, who knows, 70s and up in age, that you go back to having that exact same problem. You can't hold it, but for so long. Now, everybody in the middle, maybe you had the ability to hold it, but the rest on those other ends of the bell curve don't quite have that ability. What are you trying to hold back from the world that you, your subconscious, is really, really trying hard to push out? That leads to this inner conflict where you kind of feel stressed out, even though you're not doing anything, and this self-sabotage. You're going in one direction, but then you're going back in the opposite direction. Point number two. Topic once again is why you self sabotage. Number two, you don't really want the things that you are allegedly working towards. This is one that I've heard a lot from athletes. And I've heard this from athletes from all different kinds of backgrounds. There was a young lady who reached out to me not too long ago. I can't remember what sport she was in. It might have been equestrian, it might have been dance, it might have been cheerleading. It was something along those lines. It might actually might not have been any of it. It might have been rodeo. I can't remember the exact sport it was, but it wasn't. One of the, I don't recall it being one of the four major sports. It wasn't football, softball, basketball, or hockey. It was a different sport. And what this lady was saying to me, this young lady was saying, was that she's talented at her sport. And her parents played the sport. And her parents really want her to play the sport. And they've supported her and you know, invested in her playing the sport. The challenge with all of this is she doesn't really like the sport. She hates going to practice. She kind of cries in the car when she's on her way to practice. And has to kind of have a fight with herself internally to walk out of the locker room to go and do practice. And she's going to practice every single day. And the challenge is she's really good at that thing, but she hates doing it. She hates herself while she's doing it. And she can't, didn't feel like at least that she could go to her parents about it because her parents really want her to do the thing. It, it sounded like maybe just on a little level, her parents were living vicariously through her. So these things that she was working towards, she didn't really want playing the sport. And this led to a conflict and this leads to self-sabotage. This is why, though she might be the best performer in the space, 
at whatever the sport was, which I can't recall right now, she might do things to hurt her own chances of succeeding. And then everybody's looking at her like she's crazy. Like, hey, why'd you do that? You had a win right there, but you ended up not winning because you did this thing inexplicably. Why'd you do it? This is a possible reflection of or a symptom of self-sabotage because there's an internal conflict. You are working towards something that you don't really want. You are trying to make yourself into something that you don't really want to be. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar with my background, my background is in sports. Now, I played basketball, played a little bit of high school basketball, barely played. wasn't a good player in high school. Started to blossom after I graduated from high school, played Division three college basketball, and then almost a decade of professional basketball. And one thing that I learned in basketball, especially this happens all the time with men, and especially in a sport like basketball for a specific reason that there are a lot of gentlemen who are, let's say, around, when we talk height-wise, around about six feet six and taller. That's around the cutoff. I'm six four. So around six six, two inches taller than me and up, there are so many young men, especially in the black community, when they come up and they're that tall, they almost don't have a choice but to play basketball, even though many of them don't like basketball don't even want to play basketball. And when you're that height, you almost, what well, you will often feel as if you don't even have a choice. I saw this so much. And what's really interesting about this phenomenon is that it makes its way all the way to the professional level. Because usually at the professional level, especially something like sports, which is like winning, is like having a damn lottery ticket in your pocket to make it as a professional athlete. Usually, if you don't like doing something and you have somewhat of an aversion to it or you absolutely you for sure don't love it, it's very hard to make the pro level because there's so much competition. So many people who do love it and want it who are competing against you there's no way you're going to make it if you don't love it. Right. But in basketball, because of the bell curve of height distribution in the world, if you're over the height of six, six, we're not even going to go to the pro level. But at least at the college level, there are a lot of players who don't even like basketball who make it there all the way to college. I'm talking about scholarship athletes at high level schools, even though they don't even like basketball. I've seen, I'm not going to say any names. I could name names, but I've seen professional players. I'm talking about guys you see on TV with contracts who I could tell from spending one day in the gym with them. This dude does not even like basketball. He does not enjoy basketball. He might even dislike basketball, but he's playing because he's 6'10", because he's 6'9". I could tell by his kind of their lack of innate confidence that probably their entire lives, everywhere they went, they were taller than everybody. Maybe people in their own family, and this often happens to people in their own family, it's a, such a disservice that gets done to these young men, but it happens. It absolutely happens from their own family, from the people in their neighborhood, from everyone around them, everywhere they go, they go to the damn mall, anywhere they go, everybody sees them, sees how tall they are and say, damn, are you a basketball player? You don't play basketball? Can you dunk? Are you going to go to the NBA? That's the only thing anybody notices about them is their height. It's the first thing people think about them. But understand, being a, an athlete in a professional sport, just like with the young lady that I just mentioned, that's not something that you are just destined to do just because you have a physical ability. It's much more about your desire to do it than it is about your ability to do it. Now, your ability does matter. Let me be clear. Your ability does matter, but it's your desire that matters just as much, if not more. Now, I talked about this in episode 1171. The magic mix of can do and want to. You need both. You need the ability, which is the can do, and the desire, which is the want to. In the sports world, and this happens only in sports, this happens only in sports, I've seen in my experience. 
if any of you can think of an industry where this happens just as much, I don't think you will. But if you do think of one, text me and let me know. Sports is the one area, and this is all different sports. I just gave you an example of a teenage girl in a sport that is not one of the big four sports and men who are playing in a big sport like basketball that has a lot of money attached to it, where people almost get forced into playing that sport simply because the people around them often be quote unquote responsible adults and not being responsible. They force their kid into something the kid doesn't want to do. But the adults around them put the kid in a position mentally where the kid feels as if they don't have a choice but to play that sport. And these kids grow up to become adults. Now, luckily for a lot of female sports, because there's not so much money in it, it's easier for a female to kind of extirpate themselves and get out of it. Extract, not extirpate, but extract themselves and get out of it. But for male sports, especially a sport like, let's say, basketball or football that are very visible and there's a lot of money to be made, it's very hard for these men to get themselves out of it if they don't really want to be doing it. And this leads to self-sabotage. So this leads to, if any of you has ever I know I got a lot of basketball people who listen to this show, players and coaches and trainers. You ever had a player who was over at least six, six or taller, who you would always look at them and wonder, like, why does this guy even keep coming to the gym? You know that he doesn't like the game. You know, he probably doesn't really care about the game, is not passionate about the game, but has enough talent that could help your team. So you're trying to help him help himself, but he doesn't seem to really want to do it. And you're kind of frustrated with that player. That happens all the time with players at that height. And listen, I'm not even a coach. I'm not even a trainer. I'm not actively in the game anymore, but I saw it enough in the time that I was that I know it still happens. Hopefully it starts to go away and there's less and less of it happening over time. But damn, this happens a lot. And I'm talking to guys who are playing in the NBA. I would spend time playing pickup with them. I'm like, this dude don't even like basketball. And he's playing professional basketball. Now, the reason why the height matters so much when I talk basketball is because if you're my height, I'm 6'4". Yes, I'm tall. If somebody sees me, they might think I'm a basketball player, maybe because of the way I'm dressed or my no, physique. But I can get away with telling them, no, I'm playing basketball. I'm, a, I'm an author. I'm a lawyer. I'm an accountant. I'm a sales executive. Even if I never played basketball, I can get away with that. And nobody would. Maybe somebody might say, oh, you're tall enough. Maybe you could have made it as a basketball player. No, the conversation would kind of end there. All right. Because I'm 6'4". I'm tall, but I'm like, I'm still, I can socially blend in with, at my height. And when you get to about 6'6", that's about the cutoff height, 6'6 and taller, you can't socially blend in and not be a basketball player without people making some kind of statement about why you should play, you could have played, you would have played, you need to play basketball just because of your height. And again, in the black community, it's all over the place. It happens so much. You wouldn't even believe it. Any of you know about this. I'm sure many of you do. You should text me and let me know about it. So this is the second point here is self-sabotage happens when you are working on things for whatever reason that you don't really want yourself. And you know that you don't want it, but something or someone has put you in a position where you feel as if you need to. I know someone who told me they want to get in better physical shape, for example. Actually, I know a lot of people who tell me they want to get in better physical shape. I introduced that person to a personal trainer and the personal trainer is really good. I know the trainer is good from firsthand experience. So the person that I recommended and the trainer, they connected and a business deal was worked out. In other words, the client hired the trainer. But then the client didn't show up to the personal training sessions even after they hired them and ended up never really getting to work seriously with the trainer. This was a form of self-sabotage. That's what happened. That client who said they wanted to get in shape, I introduced them to a trainer who would help them get in shape, guaranteed they didn't show up to the trainings. Why? Self-sabotage. 
in the form of wasted time and wasted conversations and the frustration of everyone involved. Now, why did this happen? Let me tell you why it happened. Because the person, this client who said they wanted to get in shape, the person who said, told me, Dre, I want to get in shape. Do you know anybody? And I told them they didn't really want to get in shape. See, their words and their beliefs were in conflict. They said one thing, but they believed another thing. And this is why they never showed up for the sessions, because if they really wanted to get in shape, well, I gave you a person who will help you do it. Many of us do this many times in life when we say we want to do something, but we don't really want to do it. We lie to ourselves. And again, this is the reason why I brought up the interconnected world that we live in now, because we can see what everybody else is doing. And often we all have the, this grass is greener syndrome where we look at what somebody else is doing and we think, well, their thing looks more fun than my thing. So let me go do their thing. So we start thinking we need to do what we see somebody else doing. But our beliefs are not aligned with that thing. So we start doing it and then we stop doing it. And we start and we stop two steps forward, two steps back. This is the self-sabotage that happens. And again, because we can see what everybody else's business is these days, it happens even more than it used to. See, we put on this face for the rest of the world that the rest of the world accepts and applauds. But that face is in conflict with our true desires. It's kind of like when you're wearing a mask, not the cloth mask that don't block anything. I'm talking about in a mask like Halloween mask. You listen to episode 1448. I talked about how to reconnect with your instincts and gut feelings. The bottom line is you have to be okay with being who you truly are and expressing that truth externally, as opposed to what many people do all of their lives, showing yourself to be something that maybe you think other people would accept, but you personally know is not true to who you truly are. I understand that there can be pressure. I'm saying this so simply. I understand it may not be as easy as it sounds. I 100% understand that. And you join my mastermind, I can help you out with that or get yourself a therapist, one or the other. But if you are showing externally to the world one version of yourself, but you feel internally a different version of yourself, you're going to have this internal conflict and you may even get to the point of hating yourself and hating your life simply because you have this conflict going on. And you are better off disappointing people by being who you truly are than pleasing people and disappointing yourself by trying to be what you think everybody else wants you to be. Because you, in the end, are the one who has to live this life, this life being your life. So I get that your parents might be upset. Your friends might not like it. Somebody in society may disagree with you, but everybody has a right to feel that way. You still are the one who has to live your life. So you're better off pissing off the world and being yourself than pissing off yourself and satisfying the world. Point number three topic once again today is why you self-sabotage your fear of what's on the other side. This might be the reason why you're self-sabotaging. Not that you don't want that thing. You want it and you're working on it and your beliefs and your words are actually in alignment, but you're afraid of what's going to happen if and when you actually press all the way down on that gas pedal. So while it is true that some people fear failure or the type of people, for the type of people who listen to this show, most of you don't have a fear of failure. Most of you have a fear of success. Yes, a fear of success. Because the better you get and the more you achieve and the more you show yourself to be good and skilled and capable, the bigger the expectations, the more eyeballs that are on you, the more that is expected of you, and the more you're expected to do great things over and over and over again. You're expected to be consistent at being great. That leads to a fear of success because now all of that stuff comes with an expectation. So if you show people how good you are, now they're going to expect you to be that good the next time and the next time and the next time. Now you just signed yourself up for a job simply by showing off your talent. Showing your talent signs you up for a job because now everybody's going to expect you to be that good every day. 
Not everybody's built for that. And not everybody wants that, even though everybody says they want it. Most people say they want it. When they find out what it really entails, many people change their mind. But now it's too late because you already told the world you're going to do it. So why would anybody fear success? Well, I just kind of laid it out. But first of all, I wrote about this in my book, Work On Your Game. If you have not read that book, it is this book that is right here behind me. You can get this as part of the Mental Game Super Duper Bundle when you go to thirddaybook.com or miramotivation.com. Either one of those books later on that sales funnel, the next phase, the next phase, I'm going to offer you a four book bundle that includes Work On Your Game. Also, the Mental Workbook, 30 Days of Discipline, and Bulletproof Mindset. So either one of those links, thirddaybook.com or mirrorofmotivation.com. Get the book, and the Super Duper Bundle will be part of the offer that we give you before we even let you leave. I'm not going to let you leave without showing you everything we got. The whole point is here. I talked about this in Work On Your Game. The main challenge with the fear of success is the attention and scrutiny and responsibility that comes with success. Fear of success is based in the attention, scrutiny, and responsibility that accompanies success. So it's actually three main challenges, not one, three. In his book, Relentless, Tim Grover, who is a trainer of professional basketball players, he talked about this in his book. And he said, paraphrasing, once you achieve success, now people are going to expect you to do it over and over again. Now, if you're a basketball player, you score 30 points in a game. Everybody sees, all right, you're capable of scoring 30. Okay, score 30 tomorrow night. Score 30 game after that and the game after that. Now it becomes pressure. See, it's one thing to score 30 when nobody's expecting it because now everybody's all surprised and excited. Another thing to have to score 30 when everybody in the gym knows that you scored 30 last time, everyone's expecting you to do it who are your fans and everyone's trying to stop you from doing it on the other team. Now it's a whole different ball game that you're playing. And that responsibility scares some people out of ever getting to the success that they deserve simply because they don't want to disappoint themselves by trying and failing. Or they don't want to disappoint others by not living up to the expectations that will be placed on them as soon as they show people what they're capable of. So people stop short of showing what they're capable of so that no one ever expects it of them. Do you see how that works? People self-sabotage and never even show their full breadth of their talents simply because they know what comes with showing it is that now people are going to expect you to do it all the time. You show people how funny you are. Now they're going to want you to always tell jokes. Uh, you show people that you're fast. Now you expect to win every race. You show people that you can score 30. Now you got to score 30 every game. Now you don't want to do it anymore because now there's an expectation on you. Now it's a job. Again, it's one thing when you can surprise everybody with your ability. Another thing when they're expecting you to be that good. And this is what the third day is all about, actually, is showing up and delivering your best, even in the moments when the expectations are high, but maybe you're not so activated and motivated to do it because now it's become a job. You do it every single day. One thing to do it once. Another thing to have to do it every day. Those are two different things. Now, right, I could do any job for one day. Most I could do most jobs for one day. Let me not say any job, but every single day. All right. There are only a few jobs I want to do every single day. Anything for one day could be fun. It could be a fun experiment. I'll go work the drive through Wendy's for one day if it's some kind of experiment and I get some content out of it or it could be a, a fun thing. I can write about it or something like that, but I ain't doing it every day. Now that's a job. All right. That's a whole different thing. You follow what I'm saying here? So this may be your challenge. All three of these are different ways that could be leading to your self-sabotage. The main reason for all of this, though, is your own self-judgments. It's much easier to stay in the place where you are, everybody, where expectations are low and the attention is not on you than having the pressure on you of giving your best every single time because you already show people what that is. And it's your self-judgments, your self-judgment of yourself that you then conveniently blame on other people. That is the real issue here. So when I tell you that you have these expectations from others and people are expecting you to be this great all the time, yes, that is true. But let me tell you what the real issue is here. 
is not other people, it's you. It's how you look at yourself. And you're judging yourself so harshly that you don't want to show up and deliver at that level or be expected to do so because of how you're going to feel about yourself and how you're going to talk to yourself. People often do or don't do things based on what they claim other people will think or say about them. Never ever had somebody not do something or do something because they talking about, well, what other people are going to say or what other people are going to think. That is a convenient excuse. The real reason people do or don't do things is not because of other people. It's because of how you feel about yourself. And then you just use other people as a proxy, basically, basically as a canvas, as an excuse for your own feelings. You project your feelings about yourself onto other people and say, well, they feel this about me. No, they don't. Most people are not thinking about you at all or talking about you. Is what you think and say about yourself, and then you just project it onto them and you use them as a proxy and use them as a crutch for your own self-defeating energy. So you read my book, Work on Your Game. I'll help you out with all of this. Again, it's part of the Mental Game Super Duper Bundle when you claim your copy of the third day or the mirror of motivation. Ask yourself, how are you judging yourself? What are you expecting of yourself? What is your self-conversation? What are some of the things that you say to yourself that you would never accept having anybody else say to you? And how can we remove, extirpate those ideas and those statements from your vocabulary? Those are the questions. Those are the real questions here. So in life, especially when you're dealing with anyone over the age of, let's say, 16, and they explain something to you, there's usually the good reason and the real reason. All right, the good reason that many people don't achieve at the level that they could, the reason that they self-sabotage is because what everybody else is going to think and say about them. The real reason is what they think and say about themselves, and then they just use other people as an excuse. But all that said, I want you to think about that for yourself. But let's recap the class first. Topic is why you self-sabotage, which means to deliberately destroy, damage, or obstruct. Number one, your words and beliefs are in conflict. Because we can see everybody else's world these days, sometimes we catch ourselves running around going from one idea to the next because every day we see a different idea from a different person and none of them really connect with us, but we find ourselves trying to be what we see other people being and is not being true to us. Number two, you don't really want the thing you're supposed to be working for. Again, this happens in the basketball world. Somebody's six eight and walking around. Everybody who sees them going to ask them if they're a basketball player. Eventually, they're going to start thinking something's wrong with them if they're not a basketball player, simply because that's what they keep hearing over and over and over again. Or when I connected a prospect with a personal trainer, the prospect said they wanted the trainer, but then they didn't show up to the training sessions. Why? Because they didn't really want to get in shape, even though they claimed that they needed to, they wanted to, they're serious about it. No, they weren't serious about it because they didn't do it. And to this very day, at least from the last that I heard, they have not hired a trainer since. Why is this? Because people say one thing, but they actually believe something completely different. You got to get your words and actions, the externalities that you show to the world and your beliefs, the internalities. You got to get those things aligned. When they're aligned, now you have the power because you got all of your resources working together in the same direction. Number three, your fear of what's on the other side. It is true that some people fear failure, but most of the people, especially the type who listen to this show, your real fear is a fear of success. And I talk about this in my book, Work On Your Game. The better you get, the more people will expect you to be that good every single time. Now it's no longer just some random fun thing where you snuck up on the world and surprise them. Now it's an expectation. Everybody walks in and expects you to score every single time. It's one thing when everybody was surprised when you score one time. It's another thing when you score once and people are like, all right, well, you need to do that you know, 30 more times here tonight because we're expecting you to dominate this game. So the three main challenges here are the attention, the scrutiny, and the responsibility that naturally accompany success. Tim Grover talked about this in his book, Relentless, that once you achieve success, now you'll be expected to achieve it over and over and over again. And that responsibility 
scares some people out of ever getting to success because they don't want to put themselves in a position where the expectations are so high on them. It is much easier to stay in a place where you are, where expectations are low, the attention is not on you, and you don't have to worry about any of this. But the main reason for this are your self-judgments and how you blame your situation and your beliefs on other people. You just project them onto others and say, well, other people are going to think this when they're not thinking about you at all or talking about you. What you're really doing is thinking and saying things to yourself and you're using other people because you don't want to own it because you don't want to feel dumb. It's what you think about yourself and what you say about yourself and project on others as an excuse for your own self-defeating beliefs. So if you can listen three times to today's masterclass, we will help handle those self-defeating beliefs and get you to the level that you need to get to. And also read my book, Working Your Game, for more on that fear of success that I talked about. All that said, three things to do now. Number one, text me. Get my daily motivation. My number is 305-384-6894. Number two, get the Bulletproof Bulletin, my monthly magazine. I'll send your first copy free. All you got to do is cover the shipping by going to bulletproofbulletin.com. And number three, Join me in my Bulletproof Mastermind where every single week I do eye trainings just like this one right here, where I actually have conversation, though. There's actual back and forth dialogue, open conversation and open Q&A where all questions get answered, all challenges get handled, connections get made. That's in my Bulletproof Mastermind. That is at workingyourgameuniversity.com. The Bulletproof Bulletin is at bulletproofbulletin.com. You can get the text by texting me at dreallday.com slash text. Work on your game. Dre all day. I have a text message line now where every single day from my number, I am sending out a text to everyone in my community with a daily motivation message to keep you sharp, focused and on point to get started and be energized for your day. If you want to receive my daily motivation text, just send a quick text right now to say hello to this number 305-384-6894. Again, 305-384-6894. Get my daily motivation text straight to your phone free of charge. 305-384-6894.